welcome back to another episode of InCheck with Fintech. This week we have the pleasure to be joined by Nir Levy, CTO and co-founder at KIP. Prior to founding KIP, Nir was VP of product at Finaro, overseeing its suite of acquiring and payment processing products. Before that, he also led technology projects for seven years at Cal Israel Credit Cards, one of Israel's largest issuing and acquiring financial institutions. Enjoy listening. Well, then without further ado, Nir, great to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks a lot for inviting me. We've obviously known each other for uh, quite a while when you were still with uh, Credorex as well. In the meantime, uh, a lot has happened, but the people who have never heard of you, which I can hardly imagine, uh, would you mind giving a bit of an introduction on uh, who you are? Yeah, sure. Happy to do so. Uh, so again, my name is Neil Levin. I'm the CTO and co-founder of Kip. Um, I've been in the fintech space for the last 15 years, uh, mainly dealing with product and technology side of the story. Um, Keep is an Israeli fintech startup that uh, you know deals with uh, real-time collaboration between merchant issuers, and I would say that our main goal and focus is uh, to help the industry to reduce the number of issuer declines in the e-commerce space. Interesting. All right. Okay. Cool. Well, let's talk about that a bit more. But maybe before we do that, so you started uh, Keep uh, a few years ago. Um, I think it's two and a half years ago, almost, right? Um, more less, March twenty twenty one. More or Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell me a bit more about the founding team that you've done it with? Because you, you were a co-founder, so I guess there are a few more people there. How did you get to know them uh, and why did you decide to get together and do this? Um, cool, good. Yeah, so uh, I founded uh, that company together with uh, Ananda V, which serves the CEO in the company. We know each other for, I would say, around 10 years or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we built in the past uh, products together in, in another company. We used to work together. Uh, and and you know based on the, the the those pain points that we 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 show in the market we came to this idea of solving this big issue of cards approvals in the e-commerce space. Makes sense. Is it uh, how would you consider now Kip to be still very much a early startup? Would you say you are already already going more towards a scale up, or what phase do you feel you guys are at? Yeah, yeah, we are going to scale, starting to scale, see the you know see great results, and getting uh, the network. Awesome. All right. Okay. Cool. So let's talk a bit more about uh, Kip then. Okay. So what's the founding story of Kip? Where did the idea come from? Okay. Uh, again, I, I think that, you know, uh, uh, working for in the, in the payment space, everyone talks about uh, e-commerce approval rates. And, and I think, you know, definitely from the merchant side, uh, every payment manager you meet on the street will tell you that his first priority and first mission is to make sure that um, the approval rates is, 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 is in a good uh, figures out there. And, and, and I think that lots of uh, companies in the in the space trying to solve this big issue, uh, but again, it's very tough to to change approval rates, uh, even using different type of technology. Uh, in the end of the day, it's an issue decision. And 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 you know when when Hanan and myself sat together and, and think about how we can we solve this issue of of, of issue declines, we realized that. In, in the end of the day, uh, there is a kind of lack of collaboration in the market. So issuers don't see the whole picture when they take a decision. They see only part of the data that, for example, they make the merchants see. And, and, and in the end of the day, they are the one that needs to take the risk. Uh, and they are not always compensate enough in order to take this risk. No, right. Okay. Let's talk a bit more about that uh, lack of collaboration later on. But maybe first, I think a big topic within all this is false decline rates, right? Which... Uh, is something uh, you guys are quite vocal about. Yeah. Uh, do you want to? Yeah. Sure. Let's I mean, yeah. try to describe it a bit. So uh, I think, again, always good to start with with figures uh, and stats. So 
There are around uh, 800 billion of e-commerce card transactions which are being declined by the issuing banks today. Uh, by the way, this is around an average 15% of the traffic, uh, which is a big portion of it. If you look, you look on those declines, however, you will see that there is a considerable portion of uh, what called in the industry false positive. And I think a very easy and good example to understand that is on the fraud space. When issuers today use very uh, sophisticated technology in order to, uh, to prevent fraud. And uh, by doing that, even with the most uh, advanced technology using machine learning models, they uh, uh, tend to decline 10 legit transactions in order to save one phone, phone and transaction, which is, again, it's a big portion. Uh, and and it's, it's mainly not because technology is not good, it's because the amount of data they have in front of them in the time of the decision is not wide enough. Um, and and if, if you dive into, you know, what are the decline reasons you have under the, the this 800 billion, uh, you can uh, you can see two major decline reasons that issuer use. The first one is around suspect of fraud, what I've just mentioned around, you know, uh, trying to prevent fraud. Uh, this is, by the way, around 50% of the decline. Typically, uh, the merchant will receive from the issuer, they do not own a response. Uh, the second half, which is uh, around 50% of the decline, would be the insufficient funds decline. Those actually are credit issues. Uh, it actually means that when the consumer is trying to buy something, uh, the, the, this transaction brings him to be over his limit, his credit limit. And again, if you look on those two types of major declines, definitely there are false positives around them. So this is the decision taken, but it, it doesn't mean that it's actually going to be either a credit issue or a fraud issue. I mean, I understand from a fraud point of view, the false decline rates. How is that from a credit issue? Is it because you should know as an issuer that this uh, consumer will pay off their credit even if they go above their funds because they have good payment behavior, for example? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah that, that's correct. Let's take an example, you know, I'm, I'm buying some vacation for my family um, for now for August and I need to buy five tickets. I need to pay for uh, five uh, hotels room. This is a big amount of money I need to pay in advance and maybe this month it will get over my limit. Does it, does it mean I will not be able to pay? Maybe yes, maybe not. It can be definitely evaluated. And and again, there are players in the market today that will take the risk instead of the bank. And of course, that the issuing bank is is the company that knows me better than any other uh, you know credit institution out there. Makes sense. Interesting. Is, and what's the cost of all this? So these fraud decline rates. I mean, so you talk about this eight hundred billion, right? Is there other costs as well? Maybe indirect costs. Yeah, I think again. Always good to, to distinguish between the merchant side and the issuer side. So from the merchant, is very clear. It's, it's all about conversion. And, you know, if if if, if uh, actually the issuer declined the transaction at the payment page, what we like to call in, in keep uh, the moment of truth, this is um, maybe the most expensive part of the customer journey. You know, the merchant already convinced me as a consumer to buy something. I'm about to complete the purchase and actually I cannot complete the purchase. So, you know, from the merchant, it's all about conversion and and... At this point of time in the customer journey, you know, cost of acquisition is behind the, the merchant already paid to bring me to the payment page and now he's losing the, his all revenue. Uh, but uh, even, uh, or ne no, not less important is the issuer side of the story. That, uh, you know, if, if, if you talk to issuers, they ask themselves several questions uh, on, on those declines. Uh, so first, you know, how does the, cost, the card order feel at the time of the decline from a customer experience perspective? Uh, second, is this the customer experience that the customer is, is actually expect from us as, as his bank? You know, he trusts us, he needs us at, the, at this moment of truth. Is this the, what we want him to, to achieve from us? 
Uh, another question would be what you know what would happen to our top of the wallet position uh due to this decline uh will i put another card out of my wallet and i will start using another card rather than the one that was just declined uh what would be the cost of the the call center call i'm about to do now you know uh trying to understand you know with my issuing bank what was the reason behind the decline again for example we know that uh every cost to the call center of the bank will be around five dollars for the bank so this is another operational loss that the bank has and again most importantly on top of it you know um the, did we do everything we can in order to prevent and to avoid this decline and you know don't not disappoint our customer so as you can see the real cost of, of of decline is not you know the loss of the interchange the issuer lose by declining this transaction is actually uh involves future transaction that um may move to a different card, some operational cost around it. So both issuers and merchants have needs to do everything they can in order to avoid those declines. I mean, there's a lot of hidden costs by the sounds of it that maybe might not be super obvious to, um, well, definitely not me, but uh, let alone the merchants or the, uh, the issuers. Is it is the conversation that you're having, they totally understand, or is it very much an education piece where they need to understand what those actually costs are? You need to sum it up in the way that you just did and really dive deep. I think, by the way, that it's not that we are, uh, uh, they know that those costs. And, and okay. if you ask a payment manager, they know, you know, exactly. And they deal with it, what we call in the bin level. So they know which bin, what is the performance on, on approval rates. If you talk to issuers, they definitely invest a lot on, you know, being top of the wallet, uh, loyalty programs, different stuff, you know, to make sure. And and they do understand that when they declining they decline the transaction to the consumer it, it's a bad experience and they can lose him either for 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 this transaction or for the whole month for even more than that so it's really clear and they do invest on it uh, on on trying to solve this issue on both sides what, what what's the what, what kind of the variables are that they put in play when making this decision is it the risk of more frauds versus the loss on costs or how do they decide which kind of levers they can pull. Again, I think again in 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 the bank side of the story, it's like any other product they sell. They need to evaluate the risk and need to make sure that the, the risk is mitigated. Mitigated. It can be you know mitigated by uh, you know making sure that uh, what is fraud really caught as fraud, or it can be mitigated by you know by some compensation they get, like you know when the bank offer a loan to someone, so they take risk, but they know how to mitigate it by the interest they are going to take about this loan. So this is kind of, you know, risk reward situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Okay. So, and you spoke about collaboration earlier, right? So lack of collaboration. Let's dive into that uh, a bit more. What does lack of collaboration look like now? And how do you try to increase that collaboration, if you will? So I, I think that, you know, after the, the those banks and merchants, they all understand, you know, the pain point of declining transaction and, and, and they definitely are, are working towards to, to, to reduce the amount of declines. But Typically, the way they do it today, uh, they mostly do it, you know, separately. So the merchant will buy the most sophisticated uh, machinery technology provider for preventing fraud in order to not to decline something that is actually false positive. If you look on the on the issue side, they will use again advanced uh, technology to prevent fraud with less false positive. They will probably communicate using SMS with the consumer at the time of the purchase in order to explain him that his transaction was declined based on the fact you know, blah, 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 something to make sure that, you know, uh, the experience is better than, than, than just decline it and, and leave him, you know, in, in the payment page. 
But I think that what, is, what, what we see today is, is lack of collaboration between merchant and issuers at the time of the purchase. So, you know, if, if you look on the payment page, not only that it's the most expensive point on the, on the customer journey, when I'm in the payment page as a consumer, I'm already a customer of the merchant because I'm about to buy something. And in the same time, or simultaneously, I'm the customer of my issuing bank. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a customer of both companies, they want me to be a happy customer. They want me to be a satisfied customer. They need to work together that I will not leave the payment page without completing a purchase or at least happy about it. Um, so, th- so this is this is what actually we are saying around that more collaboration will help the, the, those declines to be reduced. Makes sense. All right. Okay. So um, what is then, what does more collaboration look like? Like how do you enable more collaboration between the both of uh, the uh, issuing bank and the merchant, right? Because you just spoke about uh, they only see part of the data. Yeah. How do you solve that? So in Keep, we offer um, a real-time product. A collaboration platform and, and actually when enable issuers and merchants uh, to collaborate on two main levels. The first level would be sharing data and sharing insights. We want to bring additional insight to the issuer uh, on top of what he has today. When they are taking a decision based data, they will have much more data in order to take a smarter decision. So that's the first layer. The second layer of collaboration is actually around mitigating the risk. So if, if the relation is more risky, so definitely the compensation about it should be bigger. And then those two layers, first, you know, reducing the risk and then paying for the risk is actually the ability to, to the issuer to take more risks and approve more transactions. In other words, we allow the merchant to share data and participate in the cost of the risk of the issuer, enable the issuer to, to approve more. How, how willing are issuers and merchants to take on that kind of additional risk? So again, looking at the results we have today, uh, by real-time collaboration, we allow the the the, the issuer to reduce the number of the, the, the amount of decline between 30 to 50 percent. And think about those 800 billion that are being shrinked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Okay. So there's quite a significant benefit to uh, working with a platform, uh, collaboration platform, such as you have at Kip. Yeah. Yeah. And the sharing of that data, how easy is that to do? I mean, is it? Um, something that the connection was just missing and it comes in or is it more complex than that in order to share the data across issuer and merchants again if you it's always when you have the right technology and and, and the right you know uh, partner in place so it's it's become easy uh, yeah. i wouldn't say it's very easy but again uh, uh uh if you have i would call it a meeting point and you can do it in real time this is definitely innovation that can you know um uh, solve part of this big big uh pain point in the industry yeah, yeah yeah if you look if you have access to so many data right is there certain trends that you've seen over the last couple of months when it comes to these kind of false decline rates that you can talk uh, about with the listeners um again i, I would say that you know we 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 are very um we are very proud with the figures that we can provide already today yeah. even in the beginning of this journey uh, no specific trends, but definitely, you know, the ability to save uh, those big and, and considerable amounts of false positive is huge. Uh, definitely when you look on the whole industry and, and worldwide. I can imagine it's a big pain point as well, right? For merchants and issuers, like you said, indeed, the cost of uh, losing a customer, uh, the cost of not being top of the wallet. Um, well, basically what you uh, earlier described uh, can be quite significant uh, yeah. to any of those. So um, it's, it sounds like an, uh, a good solution to have. Uh, 
I mean, I'm not biased. Don't worry, listeners. But uh, I think <laughs> it, uh, it is definitely something good to have. Okay, Roger, you are not ish, but you are not initial or, or, or no emergent. So exactly. Yeah. Imagine, <laughs> right? Um, uh, maybe I should become a salesperson for you uh, at some point. <laughs> Who knows? Um, joking aside, so yeah, I mean, you're obviously the fintech and the co-founder, right? Or sorry, the CTO and the and the co-founder. Yeah. What is your primary focus in your daily job when developing such a contemporary payments platform? Yeah. Mm, that's a, that's a very important question. I would say so. You know, as a CTO of the fintech technology uh, uh, company, so I always put my attention. I would say to three main areas when I build something new, and and maintaining you know the the current. So the first thing you know in the payment space, we deal with uh, with transaction. Everything is transaction based, and what is highly important is the uptime. So we like to say that we need to be uptime all the time. <laughs> our customer actually expect us, you know, uh, uh, not to have any downtime, almost no downtime, and we need to avoid those uh, even seconds of downtime because then we can lose transaction and we can, you know, we don't provide the, the level of service that uh, our customer expects. The way we do that is, is you know, always is making sure that our systems are fully redundant. Uh, we have the ability to scale on, on you know, on, on, on peak times. And of course, that everything is monitored 24-7. Uh, we like to know that if we have any troubles, we want to know that before our customers even uh, experience that. Uh, second area that always we put our attention on is actually, we call it zero bug environment. So it's financial industry, it's payments, we deal with people money. Uh, we're not allowed to have any bugs in, 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 in the system. And again, uh, I always say that as a CTO, even of a, of a very you know technological company, if I need to, to take another day and postpone the deployment uh, because I'm not, we as a company are not confident that we don't have a, 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 any bug in the, in this deployment, I would say, guys, take another day or two, make some additional tests, make sure that you took all the edge cases and let's go to production with no known bugs. Okay, so sometimes it's tough, definitely, you know, from a business perspective, when you lead something and you have uh, timelines around you, but it's better to be safe than sorry on, on, on the financial industry. And I would say last, but definitely not least, uh, again, we call it security by design. Uh, so, you know, we work with banks. In working with banks, you need to have a banking-grade security uh, integrated in the, into your systems. And we do that, you know, uh, the whole uh, life cycle. So starting from ideation to deployment. So even when you think about uh, an idea for the product, we always start and, and check the security guidance around him. Uh, one of our first, by the way, uh, 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 on our team was uh, the CISO. So, you know, we're not moving a step without, you know, consulting our CISO, making sure that there is no gaps from a security perspective. So I can say definitely it's part of our DNA. So uh, sometimes they, you know, they even say that as a CISO of the company, I'm sometimes even harder than our CISO because I'm so uh, into the security area. Uh, so again, security by design is very important when you work in the financial industry. You make it sound very obvious, uh, to be honest, nearly explaining it like that, but how difficult is it to do this? To do all it's, these three things? I think it's a matter, of, first of all, of, of, of putting it into attention. Okay, so it definitely, you know, when working for a startup, you can run very fast because you want to make it quicker than others, and then you can pull it aside. And then you, you find yourself after, I don't know, 12 months of development with such a big gap that, you know, when starting to work with the customer, they tell you, you know, I cannot work with you until you have this, this, and this. Okay, so it's putting it into attention. Uh, make sure that you have the time and, and, and the resources to invest on it because in the end of the day, security takes time and costs money. Mm, so, uh, but, but it's doable if, if you think it's important to your business. 
the cost of not being secure, uh, not having zero bugs and being down uh, oftentimes is probably bigger than incurring the cost for being it, secure. It's even essential. You cannot do business without those three. No, it's it, it, yeah. Again, in our industry. Maybe more personal questions. So you've been a CTO before. Uh, you've been in payments for a long time. Uh, you've now co-founded your own company. Knowing the experience that you have, what is it that you really enjoy about being a co-founder of KIP and, and driving that kind of technical development? I would be very open and say, you know, I'm, I'm in, in love in the, in the financial industry technology side of the story. So I, I like to say that I sleep and drip on financial technology during the night for almost 15 years. I think that, you know, being a co-founder and CEO of the startup is, is at least for me, is very enjoyable because you can think about an idea that, you know, trying to solve some pain point. And then, uh, you know, with our team together, after several months, you can come out with a solution for it. And, you know, the ability to to, to think about an idea and, and bring it into a productization is, is definitely very enjoyable. Definitely when you can see the whole life cycle, you know, from ideation to deployment. I can imagine having something tangible, basically, that you're building. And if you have that vision, to then be able to put it into an actual product. Yeah. Super exciting. Yeah. Uh, great. Hey, we spoke quite about, a bit about KIP. Uh, it sounds like you guys have a very exciting solution right now. What's next? What does the future look like for you guys? Um, so, already said that we, uh, you know, we see great results, uh, you know, with, with the ability to approve much more transactions than, than uh, in several areas than, than in, as before. I would say that we are now in a phase that we want to scale the business, you know, to scale the, the network. It's clear to everyone that our value to the industry is is rising when we have more merchants and more issues on the platform. So um, this is actually our main focus for, I would say, for the next 12 months, bringing in more banks, more merchants, and help, you know, the industry to reduce those type of decline. Um, Again, it's, it's, it's 800 billion out there that is waiting for, uh, by the way, I'm not saying that we can solve the whole 800 billion, but think about if you can take the 800 million and reduce that by 30%, you know, think about the value that they end up with in figures, of course. And, um, and I think another important uh, essence that we take with us is that, you know, we see that the e-commerce space grow, you know, year over year significantly. So, so the loss of decline to the industry is now eight, hundred billion, but it will be increased year by year, probably maybe double digit. Uh, so again, we say we need to collaborate together. Merchant issuers need to collaborate in order to uh, increase customer experience and, and reduce those declines at the moment of truth, you know, the payment phase. So they trust you, they trust us. Let's make it happen. Nice. All right. Great, Nier. Well, uh, lovely to have you uh, on the show, learn a bit more about KIP, uh, false decline rates, and I think most important, the cost of, uh, of collaboration within all this. Sounds like this is a massive opportunity. Indeed, 800 billion uh, as the e-commerce uh, industry grows, and that will also only grow. Um, and it sounds like you guys are on a mission to uh, at least uh, minimize that uh, as much as possible. Um, and thanks for sharing your um, your insights. Yeah, thanks for inviting me and thanks for the time, Roger. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of InCheck with Fintech. If you enjoyed this episode, hit the like button and leave us a comment below. We'll be having more industry leaders soon, so don't forget to subscribe as well in order to stay updated with the latest episodes of our podcast.